Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. If you're anything like me, you probably hate mixed signals. There's nothing like somebody giving you a certain direction or option and then suddenly changing their mind or position, leaving you confused and trying to sort out what they really want and what you should do about it. I think we all get that we should be entitled to being free to change our mind on something. Otherwise, how would we ever grow, right? But when mixed signals become a constant reality and we can never feel as though someone is reliable, trustworthy, or committed, that's when it can be problematic for all involved. And I would venture to say that the worst version of this is when you're not only left confused by someone's mixed signals, but when you realize you've been uninvited, rejected. It's one thing for someone to change their mind about what restaurant to eat at or what color they'd like to paint the walls, but it's entirely another thing when they change their mind about the big things that matter, like love, faith, family, and relationships. There's no hurt in my book as strong as the hurt that comes from realizing someone you thought you could count on, someone who made it clear they wanted your time, your investment, your friendship, your abilities, or your love, suddenly decides that you no longer meet their needs and leaves you hanging. Today we're going to talk about rejection and the pain of finding yourself uninvited, and we're also going to discuss how to move forward and find hope when you feel like discarded goods. Let's get started. It's often difficult to move on when you've been given the message that regardless of whether you were welcome once, you're not welcome now and probably never will be again. It can raise all kinds of negative mental messages, causing you to question who you are and why you do what you do. It can make you ask yourself if there's something wrong with you, and what, if anything, could have been done to make that person think otherwise of you? You can feel disillusioned, depressed, lonely, and a million other emotions when working through a situation where you've been uninvited. Rejection can run off with your peace, your joy, your motivation, and so much more, robbing you of beautiful energy and time that could be put toward chasing the best God has in mind for you. In her book, Uninvited, Author Lisa Turkhurst puts it this way, Rejection steals the best of who I am by reinforcing the worst of what's been said to me. And I couldn't agree more. Being uninvited can happen in a thousand ways. Hopeful beginnings and warm welcomes can quickly disintegrate into painful goodbyes without any warning signs and leave us reeling in their wake. It's an unfortunate part of being human and sharing earth space with other humans as well. It can look like the stare that the disabled person feels when out in public as others notice something is different about them and they don't look like everyone else. The fact that others are uncomfortable and can't seem to look past their supposed imperfection gives the appearance they're not enough for somebody. 
It can look like getting the news that your spouse or significant other has been cheating on you. Where you once thought you were their one and only, you now realize you've been replaced, and the love you thought was there has now been divided among somebody else. It can look like being bounced around foster homes or being given up for adoption and thinking nobody wants you and you aren't deserving of love. It can look like being passed over for a promotion the boss promised you a while ago in favor of someone new that was just brought in. It can look like being fired over false accusations that you know were just made up to find an excuse to get rid of you, even though you're sure you are the best qualified employee at the job. It can look like a sudden breakup where you're hit with the bombshell that the one you love is in love with someone else. It can look like being presented with divorce papers. It can look like unfulfilled commitments, as the support or acceptance you were convinced was there to begin with suddenly were removed. It can look like getting unfriended or unfollowed on social media or unexplainably removed from the group chat. No matter what form it comes in, rejection hurts deeply. Rarely do we see it coming as it arrives in a type of life ambush that throws you off track and takes away all your momentum and destroys trust that had previously been built in the situation. It's unexpected, and it's unwelcome. Sadly, I believe this tendency to uninvite has really escalated in recent years with the introduction of the Internet. The ability to friend and unfriend, to follow and unfollow, to mute or to block, has made it so that people find all manner of reasons to welcome and unwelcome at will. The ability to sustain a connection has become less and less strong as some folks change their relational circles like they change their clothes. Whether it's over a difference of political opinion, personal preference, theological belief, personality type, body image, values, any manner of things really, people tend to uninvite others much more quickly than in previous generations. When everyone lived in the same towns and letters were the only means of communication outside of a lengthy trip to go see someone in person, I think people were perhaps a little better about working through their differences and figuring out ways to still interact with one another. Now, with the press of a button on their smartphone, years' worth of connection can be erased in a second, and a potential lifetime of wounds can result. But as we all know, this is only the latest method of uninviting, because it's been around as long as there have been people. Ever since the fall of mankind in the garden, someone somewhere has been unwelcoming another, and the isolating, alienating, ostracizing has continued. If you go back to biblical times, you see many instances where someone was uninvited. It could have been over a medical condition such as leprosy or even the man in the local synagogue with a withered hand. It could have been over infertility or widowhood. It could have been over getting pregnant out of wedlock or like the woman with the issue of blood. Given all the religious rules and societal norms of the day, there were lots of things we would now sort of overlook that back then were seen as less than, looked down upon, leaving the sufferer on the fringe. Yet today we still have our own lists and our ways that we find to unwelcome others and not give them the love or respect that they need. If I've come to learn anything from my own experiences of being uninvited, it's that those who uninvite have often been uninvited themselves. They are perpetuating a problem that they have been the recipient of all their lives and think that's the only way to get things done, to move people out of the way you think are in the way 
so you can get your own way. To find a convenient way to remove someone or make them look bad in order for them to feel better about themselves or make it clear that the other person isn't on the inner circle. I've also noticed that uninviters are usually more concerned with being right than they are about loving well. The only perspective that matters to them is their own or those around them who will agree with them. So if anybody comes along who outperforms them or challenges their ideas or proves them wrong, they set out to prove themselves right and don't necessarily care about who they hurt along the way. Bulldozing others in an attempt to prop up themselves is nothing to them. As long as they win and are in control of the space at the end of the day, that's all they care about. Truth is, as Turker says, people who care more about being right than ending right prove just how wrong they were all along. To her point, author Bob Goff states that we're presented with a choice every day as to whether or not we want to be right or to be Jesus, and unfortunately the people mentioned above appear to have often chosen the latter, even when they frequent church. Pride and insecurity have taken up residence inside of them and you just happen to have been caught in between. So if we find ourselves uninvited and rejected by others for one reason or another, how do we find a way forward? How do we lick our wounds and learn to regain our sense of confidence, dignity, and value in light of whatever expectations we supposedly failed on the other person's end? In my opinion, we need to first go and look at the life of Jesus and find out how he addressed the subject of rejection. I find it interesting to notice that throughout Scripture, He makes it a pattern of seeking out the uninvited. What drew some of the sharpest criticism was his way of going out of the way to let love make a way. He constantly looked for opportunities to invite the uninvited and make room at the proverbial table for those who had been rejected and ostracized by society or others in their lives. He didn't turn them away, but instead offered healing and hope to them. For the man in the synagogue with a withered hand, He was willing to break pharisaical rules regarding work on the Sabbath day so the guy could get his life back. For the woman with the issue of blood, he was willing to stop an entire crowd and address her, make her feel seen, and tell her her faith had made her well. For the tax collectors, such as Zacchaeus and Matthew, he was willing to bring salvation to one's house and to call the other into discipleship and ministry with him. Jesus wasn't afraid to welcome those who had been unwelcomed by others, establishing the fact that he doesn't categorize people, rank people, or look for ways to make anybody seem better or worse than anybody else. In his kingdom, every soul matters, every life matters, and every person is worthy of his attention, love, and care. This means that Jesus will take you in when others have kicked you out. When you've been rejected by the fickle, fallible treatment of people in your own life, Jesus will welcome you. When you allow yourself to sincerely come to him for help, he will never turn you away. He's promised that. Nobody is too broken. Nobody is damaged goods. Nobody is not enough in his eyes. Regardless of the negative messages others have implied or spoken over you thanks to their subtle or not-so-subtle moves to uninvite you, Jesus is there to undo that damage and rebuild your life, heal your heart. The one who is willing to kick all man-made rules to the curb in order to reach humanity with his love is there to do the same for you. In this very moment, 
He's willing to gently hold your aching self in his strong arms and remind you that you matter, that you are gifted with much to offer this world, and that he wants to give you a new purpose following whatever has just happened. Others can make you feel left out and less than, but he will always be there to dust you off and enable you to stand again. When others knock you down, Jesus raises you up. Once you understand this, it becomes easier to believe in the possibility of victory rather than to live in the agony of victimhood. When the whole goal of others' behaviors has been to demean you, humiliate you, unwelcome you, you continue to give power to those actions the more you let them dictate your life and decisions going forward. The more you allow those negative messages and the treatment of those who rejected you to cloud your ability to embrace the future with all the beauty, love, and anticipation it can bring, the more authority those voices keep on having in your life, even if they're long gone in physical proximity. In order to move forward, it's vital to realize that the rejection you've just encountered, however painful, is actually making way for something and someone better in your life. After all, working for or being in a relationship with anybody who is willing to discard the love, abilities, and contributions of others so readily isn't someone who deserves your continued investment anyway. Those who are never satisfied will be constantly looking for a new way to meet their expectations. If they did what they did to you, they'll probably do it to somebody else down the line. As Turkhurst points out, unrealistic neediness is actually greediness in disguise. Your time, your love, your giftings are too valuable to waste on those who won't respect and appreciate them who won't respect and appreciate you for who you are and what you can bring to the table each and every day. But letting go of the power those voices have held over your life, you make space for goodness and love to come in, for that room to now be taken up with better people and better opportunities where you get to shine and be the amazing soul God created you to be. What's one person's rejection will ultimately lead to someone else's acceptance. Ultimately, rejection doesn't have to have the final say in your life. As Lisa Turkhurst notes once again, rejection may be a delay. It may be a distraction. It may even be a devastation for a season, but it is not your final destination. It's important to acknowledge all the emotions and thoughts you're left with in the wake of being uninvited and take all the time you need to heal and figure out the next step. But you can't stay closed off to love and life. You can't project the past onto your present and your future and conclude that every single situation and relationship will always end up in being uninvited. It's simply not true. There are many great people and great places out there who need and desire what you have to offer, and it's just a matter of time until you find them or they find you. Being uninvited, however it happens, is hurtful and hard. Nobody likes it when it happens, particularly when it happens suddenly and feels unfair. But just because rejection offered you a slap in the face doesn't mean love isn't waiting to come alongside and nurse your wounds. I'm here to tell you that so much more is ahead of you than you realize, and the mistreatment of others doesn't have to be the banner under which you fight for the rest of your life. God has given you the power to overcome and the grace to forgive. Yes, it will take time. But it will happen in time, because when you let God lead the way, nothing is ever wasted. 
And the setbacks such as these become only setups for a greater comeback down the road. God can and will take what was meant for harm and turn it for good if you'll let him. You are more than all the hurtful things that have been said or done to you. And the guilt, shame, pain, disappointment, anger, confusion, and humiliation you carry in their wake. God has plans to take this rejection in your life and use it for his glory, to show you personally what real invitation looks like, and to help you discover the life of meaning that you've always truly, deep down, desired, to help you find the love you've always wanted, and then to help you share with others in the world who have been uninvited too. As we say goodbye for the week, I just want to encourage you that although life may feel unglued for you in the moment, this is the precise place where God wants to meet you. In the depths of your disillusionment and heartache, God wants to be himself for you and to invite you right now into his open arms. He can handle your questions and your pain. He will never turn away. And you'll notice over time that things will get better. You'll get hopeful once again. Maybe not now, but eventually. So today, just rest in the messiness of the unglued moments of your crazy life. Rejection happens. Being uninvited happens. But love and grace happen too. And you can choose to believe that even in the midst of figuring out where to go from here. Just know you're held and kept in this place. And that soon, unwelcome will turn to invitation. And God will make a way as he always does. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at Open to Grace 2015, Instagram and Parlor at Open to Grace Alaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.